Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast, where it's all about inspiring change and transforming lives. And here's your host. He's an Amazon best-selling author, six-figure blogger, internet marketer, and one of the top life coaches in the world, Stefan Palernos. Hi, this is Scott here once again with Abundance Coaching TV. Abundance Coaching TV is life coaching TV that makes a difference. And one of the ways that you can make a difference in your life is by making money. And in today's episode, I'm excited to introduce you Stefan Plernos, and we are going to talk about how you can make money online and make finances and really just kick butt online. So, hey, welcome to the show, Stefan. Thanks, Scott. Looking forward to being here. Woohoo! Awesome. Cool. Hey, so um, just to help us understand a little bit more about who you are, could you tell us like a little bit of your backstory? Like, where did you come from in regards to like where you were at financially? And then, you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about like where, where your journey came from than where you are today. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, I've been involved in self-development now for about 10 years. And uh, before then, I was very shy, introverted, depressed, struggling with my life. I discovered Tony Robbins, who really inspired me and got me um, to set goals and believe in myself that I can make anything happen in my life. And um, one of the biggest areas that I struggled with the most of my life was just being shy and introverted and not having any confidence to talk to anyone or have friends or even to meet a girl and date and stuff like that. And so that was the first area of my life that I really focused on changing and improving. Um, and when I was 21 years old, I started my very first business. It was called Lifestyle Transformations. And it was a dating coaching company that uh, we basically helped other men. I had two business partners, but we helped other men overcome some of the challenges that I dealt with, you know, help them become more confident, develop their social skills, meet women, have success with dating. And we had that company for about five years. And uh, it was a struggle during that time, primarily because I didn't know anything about business marketing. I just had a passion to help people and coach people. And I wanted to improve myself. And I didn't realize that 90% of that is just business marketing. I had to find ways to get customers that I could actually coach and get clients and we were doing seminars and whatnot. And so that kind of put me in the direction of learning online marketing and finding ways to make money online. Um, I had to, in order to get the customers and clients that would come to my seminars or that I could coach, I had to learn how to create a blog, how to create a website, how to code, do HTML and stuff like that, how to do email marketing. Um, I had to learn how to do search engine optimization and pay-per-click and Facebook ads and all the different elements involved in that. And I discovered that I had learned a lot of amazing skills throughout that time. Yeah. And that business ended up failing primarily because, um, you know, me and my partners went in a different direction at a certain point, but also because I learned a lot about, you know, there was a demand for what we were trying to offer. There's a lot of people that needed help or had those challenges, but we were trying to sell them a course or coaching that didn't really fit the, uh, meet the needs of the market. You know, we'd sell these boot camps and um, seminars and stuff that were over a thousand dollars. And unfortunately, most of our clients are the people that are into the dating thing. They're young guys. You know, they're guys in their twenties, maybe early thirties, and they're students. And so they couldn't really even afford to to do some of our um, some of our events and everything. You know, it was always a hustling type business where I had to hustle to always get new clients every single month. And, you know, one month I could make a lot of money or get a number of clients, but then the next month I'd have to again get out there and hustle and grind to get more clients for that. And so I 
discovered, I was like, there's got to be an easier way to make money. And I was getting introduced to the concept of passive income um, and being able to make money while I slept. And so I looked into different ways that I could create a product that I can just sell on the internet and just have that product up there selling on a website or whatever it is. And then that way, while I'm sleeping, while I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing, I could have people from all over the world that are going and purchasing my product, receiving value from it, and I get paid for it. Nice. And once I discovered that, and um, I actually decided to, a few years ago, go in a totally different direction than the dating business because I was just struggling financially at that time. And it, it was it was basically, I was living in a way where I was like paycheck to paycheck, you know, like I'd have to find a way each month to make enough money just to pay my bills. At one point, I got into massive credit card debt. And um, I didn't know how to manage money or manage my finances. I always just believed that I was making money and I'd hide away from the fact that I had all these expenses and I didn't want to look at my finances. It was kind of like just trying to avoid it because I didn't want to experience the pain of how much debt that I was really in. And uh, once I discovered and I just sat down and looked at my debt, my financial situation, um, I realized I had to make uh, some sacrifices and I ended up having to live in my friend's living room. I was living on his futon for um, a few months, <laughs> you know, just a way to get myself out of debt. And the business was going down and everything. It wasn't looking too good. My business partners were going in different directions. And so I was like, man, this internet marketing stuff, I've got to find a way to do it. I've got to find a way to make money online. And I ended up creating a blog. Um, this is a few years ago uh, that was related to a different, a certain skin condition. And it was basically a blog that I put up that had different articles and content that was helping people, just giving different home remedies and whatnot and how to treat skin conditions. And I created this blog just from some of the stuff that I discovered through internet marketing and search engine optimization. And I just kind of left this blog. You know, I just kind of, for whatever reason, I don't even know why, but like one day I was inspired to do it. I just left it. I didn't even follow through on it. But I came back to it months later and I discovered that this blog that I created was getting all these visitors. I was getting all this traffic. Really? And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Maybe I can find a way to make money from it in some way. And so what I decided to do was I created um, kind of like a little sales page. It was like this horribly written sales page. <laughs> I really just had an ebook that I was going to sell for like $10 and it had yeah. a buy button. And the buy button, I actually didn't even create the ebook because I just wanted to first see if someone would actually click the buy. Right before right, I put right. time, energy, and effort to actually create the book, um, I'd rather just see if anyone's actually willing to buy it. So I had a buy button, and then when they click the buy button, it just goes to like a blank page. But I was able to track to see if anyone would actually click the button. And to my surprise, people actually were interested. And in that case, I created an actual ebook. I started selling it, um, and I started making money online. And it just blew my mind how I was able to build a passive income stream now that was just making money consistently. I didn't have to hustle every month for new customers or new clients. It was just like this automatic automatic thing or Google. People were coming to my blog. Yeah. They were receiving value. I was meeting their needs with what they were looking for. I was offering a great ebook, and it was helping people, and I was making money while I was doing it. And so got really into that business. Um, I ended up building six or seven other products like that um, and selling, selling them on a website called ClickBank. And I was selling these ebooks for about $37. Um, and I had books on psoriasis and eczema and chickenpox and shingles and all these different conditions. And I built that up to make, see, I think it was around $60,000 a year on $5,000 a month passive income. 
And that was when I was about 24 years old and I reached that and I was just like, wow, like I'm free. You know, that money, five grand a month was more than enough to cover my lifestyle expenses, my rent, my groceries. So I essentially became financially free where I just didn't have to work and I could just do, you know, whatever I wanted. And I found that when I um, experienced that freedom, I ended up getting really bored in my life because at the beginning it was fun because you can just sleep in, you can you know, watch TV and movies, go with your friends, whatever. But everyone else is working. Everyone else has something that they're passionate about, that they really love, that they're putting their energy into. And I started thinking, you know, what am I really passionate about? What do I want to do? Yeah. Like, were you passionate about skin? And like all no, I wasn't. Stuff? I wasn't actually passionate. In it. I, I more so pursued it as a way just to make money, as an opportunity okay. to make money. But so the great thing the about it. was the, hey, I can see money making Exactly. Because I was so desperate. I was just like, I couldn't even think about my passion. You were on the coach and you were like, here's an idea. I can make money with skin. (laughs) Yeah. But I was just like, man, I just need to pay my bills, you know? Yeah. Um, And it was a really painful process. But I I enjoyed the process of creating a business and and the internet marketing stuff behind everything. Right. Um, But the great thing about it, and I kind of, I tell this people now is, a lot of people they want to focus on on doing their passion or what they really love, right. um, but not always can you make a lot of money from your passion. And so what I did was I found a way that I could make enough money so that I just didn't have to work. You know, make enough money so that you can quit your job or whatever. And when you are in a position of abundance, when you don't have to worry about money anymore and all your day to day expenses are taken care of, that frees up the time, the energy, and the focus, and that you can give to whatever it is that you love. Yeah. And so for me, in my case, I, you know, that led me to creating a blog, which is projectlifemastery.com yeah. and a YouTube channel because I love just helping people. I love self-development, sharing things that I'm learning, things that are helping my life and just putting out great quality content that could help people. And so I created this blog and I didn't make any money from my blog for a while, but that was okay because I was making money from these other products and stuff that allowed me to build my blog because any blog can take a while to build an audience and a following and everything. Right. Um, but eventually I did and eventually I built up my blog and that's led to um, other opportunities. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll kind of finish off the story about how I got into Kindle publishing and a little bit of what I do now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the different ways that I make money online so that people can just kind of see and understand from that. Um, so what I ended up doing was I had these products that were making me money online, these eBooks. And I had discovered Kindle, Kindle, you know, the, the e-readers and everything. They saw Amazon.com. And I was hearing more and more about it. And I thought, you know, why don't I try to see if I can take my ebooks and just upload them to Kindle? You know, I've already got them made and written and everything. Why don't I just try to put them up there and see if anybody will actually buy them? Because uh, Amazon is a search engine just like Google is. You know, people would find my products just by searching in Google for psoriasis remedies. Why not actually have a book up there so when someone types on Amazon psoriasis then they can find my book and buy it. Right. And so I, I did that, I just basically spent a couple hours just uploading everything that I had and I immediately started making money um, from that. I started making a couple hundred bucks and I was blown away just by how easy it was because there's not much competition at all on Amazon. Um, it's very easy to, to rank a book in their search engine when someone types it in to get your book at the top of the list. And I started easily making money with that. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Because before then, to make money from what I was doing before, it would take generally a few months before I started making money with it right. to get it ranked in Google and the search engines and all the stuff that would go into that. 
And then I had the idea of, hey, you know, I've got this blog and I've got all this great content on it. Why don't I take some of the content that I've already written, have it rewritten so that it's unique and original, but just use the exact same topics and all that and just make little Kindle books and sell them, you know, a 20 page Kindle book that's focused on a very specific thing and sell it for about $2.99. And I did that and published a bunch and uh, I was amazed to see my income just from the Kindle publishing go from about, I think around $300 a month up to $4,000 a month within about three months. Really? Okay, and so I was like, I've got to ask God. you here. You have 20 page books that you're selling. Exactly. Yeah. Page books. Yeah. Okay. So this, this is like for everybody else that's watching here that might think, Hey, you know, to write a book, that's going to take me like yeah. a year to write a book. Cause it, you know, we look at our book, like one of my favorite books, probably the same one. I think it's on your book list. Awaken the wild, uh, awaken the, the giant, giant within. Right. Yeah. But that's like thick. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've got to write a book like that. That's going to take yeah. me like five years. Right. So people get hesitant on it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, so here's, here's my philosophy on that. Well, first of all, on Kindle, what sells better is having a series of books. Okay, so for example, you could have a 100-page book, let's say, on dating advice, okay? And you could sell that book for 10 bucks, let's say, right? That actually doesn't sell as good as if you just broke down the process of dating advice and created small books that you sell for about $2.99, and they're 20-page books. So having five 20-page books instead of that one hundred page book. So for example, you'd have one book that's specifically on how to be confident, right? It'd be a 20 page book that just focuses on that and you sell it inexpensively for about $2.99. Right. That book, you promote into it the next book that you have in the series, which is gonna be on how to approach a woman, right? And that's just a 20 page book that 20, 30 pages that just focuses on that. And then the next book is on the next step, which is how to have a conversation, right? And then how to have a date. So that actually sells better on Kindle than actually having a 100-page, 200-page, 400-page book. And so it's really interesting how that is. So I discovered my method is creating small books that sell for $2.99. And really the books are just primarily geared to get people in on the front end, to get them in and provide value. You're not selling these books for large sums of money or anything like that. You know, they're only $2.99. So a lot of the times it's an impulse buy. But... I've also discovered along, along the way, like I've now published over 100 books, yeah. but I discovered a way to actually outsource books and hire other writers to write my books for me. Yeah. And I've personally written some of my own books, but one thing I learned from one of my mentors, Frank Kern, yeah. is that you do not want to write your own books because writers do not make money. It's marketers that make money. True. And if you can – I almost kind of think of myself in, in the, as more as a, a publisher than I am a writer or – in a way, maybe like a contractor, where a contractor, if he builds a house, he doesn't know how to do the framing and the foundation and the drywall and the tiling and all that stuff. He founds people to do all those pieces for him. So and so what I've done now is – How do you keep it authentic to a message that, that you know is you know, congruent through you? Do you yeah, so I actually don't use my own name for a lot of my books. Okay. So any books I didn't write, I use pen names. And pen names is really common in the um, – yeah. It's very common in the writing industry, you know, like Mark Twain is a pen name or ghostwriting is very common in the writing industry as well. You know, most of these celebrities or famous people, they're not sitting down and writing their own book. It's not even worth their time to do that because they're worth millions of dollars. What actually happens is they just get interviewed by a ghostwriter. They interview them and a ghostwriter is the one that's actually writing the book. Sure. And the publishing company is the one that even if you wrote a book, 
the publishing company would rewrite it anyways because they need to be able to market it a certain way. Nice. You know, so there's actually a difference between being a writer and being an author. A writer is someone that actually sits down and writes stuff. An author can be someone that just has ownership of the content and material. So if, for example, this conversation we're having right now, if I had somebody transcribe it and turn it into a book, a Kindle book, I'm sure it would benefit people, it would help a lot of people because we're maybe talking about a lot of great content, a lot of great information that could help people. But I'm not going to be the one that's writing it, but I'll still be the author because it's my content, it's my information. Um, You see what I'm saying? So there's kind of different ways of looking at it. Um, but I just I, I just, one thing that, that I think is so brilliant about that that I, that I hope people can really take away because this is, this is where so many people get caught up. And you probably have conversations with people that are hung up on writing their book all the time, right? Totally, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's, so, absolutely. And you know what? I've, I find the biggest thing that holds people back from writing a book because actually the first book that I wrote years ago was a dating book and it failed it. Horribly because I, I tried to make it perfect, you know, which doesn't exist. You know, not, no book is ever going to be perfect. I spent over a year writing it. I wanted to make sure my friends, my family, everybody proofread this book. And the truth was, all those little things that I was worried so much about the structure of this sentence and that little error here and there, or whatever, you know, really nobody would care. Nobody actually that when reading it would even notice it except for me. It was all in my head. It was all my beliefs and my programming of just trying to do things perfect that was preventing me from actually getting this book out there and helping people. And I learned from Dan Sullivan. He has a book called The 80% Approach. Yeah, right. He says that 80% of anything is like that's the meat. That's where the most value is. And so even if you publish a book that's 80% and there could be little mistakes or whatever that in the book – most people don't care. The main thing people care about when they receive a book is does this book pr- provide the benefit that's promised to me? Yeah. Is this book going to solve my problem? Yeah. You know, I've got a book out um, that I use as an example on binge eating, binge eating oh, disorder, yeah. how to overcome it. And that's something that I struggled with. And it's a book that I think is 20 or 30 pages long. It does really well, makes me a couple hundred bucks a month, passive income. I haven't even touched it in a long time. Um, but that was a book that when I first put it out there, um, you know, it's just mainly focuses on just stuff that can help people with binge eating. There might be some mistakes in there. It might not be the perfect grammar or spelling. And, you know, I didn't have like the best proofreader go through it and stuff. But the bottom line is it helps people and people get benefit because the only thing they care about is, is this going to help me with binge eating? Now, my books are all nonfiction. If you're writing like a fiction book, then, you know, people might care more about the story and being engaged. They might find it boring. But when it's very factual, it's very easy and straightforward to get those books created, you know? Yeah, so sure. Cool. So can we, let's use an example. <laughs> sure. I'll let you use me as an example, okay? So yep. I have a book. So for anybody in the audience, you can go, and it's a 26-page book, by the way. You can go to cool. abundancecoaching.com forward slash lion. It's called Awaken the Wild Lion Within. And really, it's about that roar, like everybody has a, a lion that, that they're born with. And somehow we yeah. tame that lion, and it's the metaphor of like being able to like really just awaken that wild lion, and it's a story that that really happened between me and my son, me bringing my son out to the to the zoo, and literally wanting him to hear the roar of the lion, but always seeing the lion sleeping, and getting frustrated at that situation, and then me just like spawning that into like a book. Okay, so I wrote that. I'm giving it away as a free thing. Yeah. So use me as an example. How could you use that? Right, this 26-page book, 
and then help me make money. And then, of course, we're mirroring this for the next person that, that might be watching this that says, okay, well, I want to know the secrets. Yeah. So the challenge with your book that's a little bit different than what I do yep. is before I even create the book, I want to first see if there's a market or demand out there because all the books that I create are based on specific keywords that people are searching for on Amazon. Right, So the title of your book, Awaken the Lion Within, that's not going to be a keyword that's going to be a very have a, a lot of search volume on Amazon You know, because a lot of people, they don't know the title of your book or they're not, they're not searching for that specifically. So what I do is I go on Amazon and I find out what people are searching for, find out where the market is, what the demand is. Right. For example, that might be um, motivation, let's say. right? Maybe if I type that in Amazon, you're actually able to see in the Kindle store all the other books that show up. And you'll also be able to see how well they're doing. So you can actually see um, from those books, every book has what is called an Amazon bestseller rank. And the more that the book sells, then the higher the ranking is going to be. So that means it's going to make more and more money. So before I get into the market, I'll analyze the other books that are there. I'll look at the competition. I'll look at the market. I'll see, are these books making money? Can I do something better or different or have a different angle in some way? Can I provide a solution here? Um, is it too competitive? You know, some markets like weight loss, that's a big market, but it's just so competitive. It's going to be very difficult to outcompete all those other books that are there. And so it might not even be an area that I might even be worthwhile for me to create a book on. But the, the point is, is I find the market first and the demand and I analyze that and assess that. And then, and only then do I create a Kindle book around that. And so the next step is I'll come up with the title for the book I'll make sure that the keyword is in the title of the book because optimizing the book for the right keywords is how Amazon's going to help rank it as well. So if I had a book on success, then I'd make sure that keyword success is somewhere in the title. In the case of my binge eating book, when someone types in binge eating, my book shows up because the title of my book is called The Binge Eating Cure, The Most Proven Effective Way to Overcome Binge Eating Disorder for Life. Right. So I've got the keyword in the title. So Amazon can identify that it's relevant to that keyword. Got it. So that's the first thing, and that's the challenge with your book. When you have a book that like that, and I have a book like that as well. I have a book that I wrote called Life Mastery. Yeah. And it's a self-help book, but it's not optimized for any keywords. I'm not going to be able to take advantage of the Amazon search and people searching for things because it's not around a specific keyword. It's more so a book that I'm able to sell to my followers, my blog, and my audience, my email list, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's the one challenge that you're going to be facing. And so the strategy is going to be much different because I'm more so looking for with my books to tap into Amazon's marketing, their customers. Like they have over 300 million credit cards just in their system alone. And so if you can get in front of people when somebody searches for whatever keyword and they find your book and it's got great reviews and everything, then people are going to buy that book and they just press a button. They don't have to enter the credit card information. And it's a very easy sell. In a lot of cases, it's just an impulse buy for people people's well, you know? Yeah, emotionally, uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Awesome. So hey, terms that's of, really good insight. Yeah. So that's that's the key. That's actually the, one of the most important things that I teach is – and that was a challenge. When I first created a dating book uh, years ago, I spent a year writing that book that I told you about. Yeah. And when I launched it, it didn't do very well at all because I didn't do the market research beforehand to find out specifically what people want, what they're looking for, and find out how I can meet that need, how I can meet that demand in the marketplace. And for me, I just I thought it was a great idea. I thought, hey, everybody can use this. 
But unfortunately, I didn't market it the right way based on what I know now. And what I know now is I always know to look to see if there's a market, see what people are searching for, the exact words, the exact phrases, the pain points, all that stuff. Even in my blog and my other business, I'll survey my list and I'll find out exactly what they want. I'll find out, hey, guys, I'll just ask them, hey, guys, what do you want? You know, if I create a product on this, would you buy it? What do you think of this title? What are I'll even get feedback from them and find out the most consistent words that they're using that my market, my demographic is using because those are the words that they'll relate to the most, you know? So that's kind of how my strategy works. That's awesome. Hey, so that's a great segue. And uh, I, I took a look at some of the Life Mastery blog posts recently, and I've been following you, uh, Stefan, probably since you were like in the thousands of, of followers. And, <laughs> and, uh, and you know what I respect about you, man, is that back then you were speaking like you were, you, you were creating it and that it was just, you, you know, that your life was, you know, life filled with purpose and passion and you were all about giving back. And today that message remains the same and you're, and you're not that you weren't like killing it back then, but you know, things have really just like the momentum has really shifted in the last number of years. And what yeah. I appreciate is like where, where I saw you here, it's congruent with where I see you today. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think totally, that's awesome. Man. It's just, I just, I feel like I have so much, I've been just involved in self-development for so long and I feel like I've worked on myself and overcome a lot of challenges and obstacles in my life that I just discovered my mission is to share that with others. I want to improve and be the best that I can be so that I can give that to others in whatever way that I can, you know, whether it's now that I'm more transitioned into making money online and helping people specifically with that. Um, but I've been able to achieve and apply the same stuff from just other goals that I had in my life. Um, when I first created my blog, I was doing a fitness competition and I just used my blog just as a way to share with people what I was doing and more so just to hold myself accountable because I figured if I share this stuff with other people, then I have to be accountable to actually fall through and do this, you know? Um, so I use my blog as a way just to be accountable and just, it's just an extension of who I am and I can just share all the stuff that I'm learning, whether it's from books or seminars or whatever I'm up to in my life and I just figured other people could benefit from it as well. Yeah, totally. So Life Mastery um, is uh, – projectlifemastery.com is the, is the blog. And uh, yeah. I just want to share something that really, for me, fascinates me because out of all the different people that I follow, I haven't seen somebody as articulate in their goal settings and publish their goal settings as what I've seen in, in one of your recent posts at the beginning of the year. And um, this is something that I, I coach my clients with, you know, about goal setting and getting specific and, and, you know, in different areas of your life. And I thought, hey, man, this is cool because you have 26 things that, that you've literally set out, you know, and, and just to, you know, highlight yeah. a couple of the ones, right? Like you, you were like 6% body fat was a goal and and uh, with a fitness thing and you're at $30,000 a month consistently and with business, 100 video blogs. Like, yeah. man, that's awesome. Uh, Money-making course by May 1st. Uh, uh, I'll easily launch a new Kindle service by Feb 1st. You know, man, like driving the Corvette sounds cool. (laughs) You got the Pano suite that you said that you wanted, uh, that you were going to have. Uh, You know, and then it's, uh, you know, practical things like autoresponder messages. And and then in the relationship side, too, which I think are really good, too, like about the parties once a month and things. But you're specific, right? Yeah. You know, and you've stretched yourself with these goals. They're motivating to you. 
they're within your ability because so many people they they limit themselves right yeah. and as to what their ability is but it is within our our god-given ability to be able to do like way more than most of us are are yeah. doing right now but one of the things that i see consistently and you probably do too is that people don't know how to be effective with their time right to, to write a list of 26 things somebody can do this exactly what you just did right yeah but they're not going to achieve it right now is Right now is a perfect example. It's it's the beginning of March. By now, everybody has dropped their, well, most people have dropped their resolutions and, and they're just almost responding in life, right? So what what qualities do you have to have and, and do you choose to have that help you achieve your goals and how do you achieve them effectively? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, you know, when I set my goals, first and foremost, I find, because I have a lot of people send me their goals, people that I work with or apply for my coaching and everything, they have to be specific. They have to be measurable. They have to be attainable, uh, realistic, and have a timeline. It's that whole SMART philosophy, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and have a timeline. And I really follow that with my goals first and foremost. Um, as you can see from my goals, they're very specific. I phrase them in a way that I will easily achieve this. I will easily be making $30,000 a month consistently by this date. And so having, making sure they're specific is really key, but I find one thing that's really helped me is making sure that they're attainable as well. And I think there's a lot of kind of different beliefs around this um, in the goal setting books and all that kind of stuff, right? Some people say, hey, set these massive, incredible goals. There's no limits whatsoever. Whatever you believe you can do, you can do it. You know, and when I first started doing that, I'd set these crazy goals like, hey, this year I'm gonna make a million dollars, right? And meanwhile, <laughs> I'm making like, I'm making like $2,000 a month or something like that. I'm just struggling. And the problem that I found was when you set these massive goals that you don't believe that you can make happen, that lack of belief means that you're not going to take any action towards it. Because if you don't believe that you're going to make a million dollars or see how you can make that happen, then you're just not going to take action towards that goal. And so what happened for me at least, I would set these crazy goals and then at the end of the year, I would have achieved none of them because there is these crazy large goals. And then when you're not seeing results or you keep failing and coming up short, you get really discouraged. You get hard on yourself. You beat, beat yourself up. And then you end up giving up, you know? Yeah. And so I discovered, hey, you know what? Why don't I just set really small goals for myself? And this is what I started doing. I just said, if my goal is uh, to lose in you know this year or whatever a certain 10 pounds or something like that. And my goal this month is just to lose two pounds. Like something that is just easily achievable that I know that I can achieve. And I, I always kind of measure it on a scale from zero to 10. I ask myself, how much belief do I have that I can achieve this? Yeah. If it's a seven, eight or nine or 10, then that's, that's a sweet spot for me. If I don't believe it, that I can achieve that goal and it's less than a seven or whatever, then I just will change the goal to something more attainable for me. And so I found that when I set those smaller goals for myself and I achieve them, it gives me more confidence. It gives me more momentum. I, I feel proud of myself. Nice. And then I set bigger goals and, and bigger and bigger. So my goals that you see now are basically goals that when I started, and if you look, I have goal reports for like the last two years as well. And you can see how my goals have evolved because I every year publicly share my goals. They were smaller and everything, but they, they, I just kind of had that same approach that's got me to where I am now is just slowly adding more and more to, the, to, to those goals and kind of expanding them, but still making sure that I feel that they're attainable, they're realistic for me and everything. Right. Now, in terms of managing my time to achieve them, yeah. uh, making sure, I, I believe, first of all, that you need to have goals in every area of your life. 
and, and my whole purpose of my blog is life mastery, meaning you're not just focused on one area more than another. You're focused on balance in your life. And so I make sure that I have goals in my physical body, my finances, my business, my family, my relationships, my social life, my spiritual life, contribution, personal development. So having goals in all those areas, but making sure that you can plan out your life the right way is key, planning out your weeks. So I make sure first and foremost I have a vision for each area of my life and I have specific goals for each area. And then what I do is each week I sit down and I plan out one some sort of actions that I can do in each area of my life. And so for example, my working out, my training, I'll just map out the week and say, okay, I'm gonna work out five or six days this week. These are the times I'm gonna focus on that area of my life, that goal, you know, this time each each day. And boom, I've got this scheduled in. You know, if it's having that party once a month, I'll make sure that I schedule that and that'll be one thing that I just scheduled for that month. Right. And I just focus on that. If it's uh, my my business or whatever, then I'll schedule different chunks throughout the week that are focused focused specifically on that goal. You know, I'll schedule maybe my weekends to focus more on going out, socializing, hanging out with friends, having fun. You know, so I make sure that I schedule things, which is really key. Um, but you you in a way have to learn yourself, and I feel like I've learned myself through years of goal setting to see how much I can manage. Make sure it's not too stressful, overwhelming for me. Right. And um, as you start to learn yourself and, and you will experience failure and hard times and make mistakes and all that, you start to learn and you just get better and better at the goal setting process and managing your life and your time. And uh, I just find it just becomes easier that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So, hey, I'd love your insight on, on one aspect of goal setting. So one of the things that I do with my clients is I have them make a one-word commitment every year. So the beginning of the year, there's like one theme word, and then you know there's ways for them to figure out how that is. Like it's got to stretch and motivate them. It's got to be within their abilities, and you know be radical, and it's got to be the right goal too, right? So that's one way. But then what I encourage them to do is use power habits to make sure that that actually comes through. Like for me, it's thankful, right? So like even just you know there, I put it everywhere. Like thankful's up. Like my house is pink. <laughs> Yeah. thankful notes right and then yeah. I have a big board where I'm posting a thousand pieces of thankful one of the things that I've found really beneficial has been like making this public like putting it up so that you're not afraid like people come into my house and they see these thankful things everywhere and you're not ashamed of that like by making it a public thing yeah. so it sounds like this is like what you're doing too yeah, that's that's one of the most important things I found that if you can, it, it comes down to accountability for me, you know, you're more accountable when you share what your goals are, you make it public, and you put your, you're essentially putting yourself in a situation where it's a must. And that's what I started doing with my blog. Once I put up my blogs, and I publicly share it, it becomes a must for me. I'm not just accountable to myself, but I'm accountable to everyone else that I know, because Everyone else is going to ask me, hey, how's your goals coming along? How's that fitness competition? What percent body fat are you? Whatever, right? So I have to live at that standard because people will do more than, for other people than oftentimes themselves. You know, And if you put yourself in that situation where you burn the boats and you got to take the island, there's just no going back when you do that. And so for me, when I did my fitness competition two years ago – I used my blog to blog about that. I put up videos about it. I signed up and registered. I told people on Facebook, told all my friends. 
Now there's no backing out. Like I, I had no choice but to get in incredible shape for that because either I would just give up and just not do it, in which case I'd feel like a failure. The pain of that would be so immense. People would lose all the respect. I'd lose all my credibility. My reputation would be horrible. And that was just too painful for me to experience that. So I just knew that was not even an option. You know, and I've done that many times as well where you know, um, when I was uh, struggling financially, I just decided, hey, you know, I'm going to quit this job by this date and there's no going back and I have to find a way to be making money online or by supporting myself by this date. Right. In fact, I went to uh, Thailand and Southeast Asia for three months when I was first building my internet business and my goal was to make $300 a month passive income and I was making around like $20 a month before then. And I decided, hey, you know what? I'm not coming back to Vancouver until I'm reaching that goal. And there was just no going back for me. And because of that, I was so motivated to find a way to make that money. And I did because the pain of going back to living in my friend's living room was just so immense for me. And I figured if I make an extra 300 bucks a month and I can at least get my own place, you know, I have enough to have my apartment, you know. So I found that just by putting myself in those situations where it is a must, where there's this publicly sharing with people, I've done things where I'll go to a friend and say, hey, here's 500 bucks, okay? This is 500 bucks for my bank account. You're not gonna give me this money back until I do what I said, until I achieve this goal or whatever wow. by the state. If, if I don't, then you're gonna keep that 500 bucks. So that makes you more accountable, That's more likely to follow through, you know? I'm a part of a, a mastermind group, for example, is where we're every Monday we meet. And uh, what we do is we set different actions for the week as well. And if you didn't fall through on any of your commitments or actions, then there's a consequence of $20. That 20 bucks is going to go to a charity. You know, we keep it in a fund or whatever. But that 20 bucks is just a little extra motivation, accountability to follow through and actually do what you said. And so I find if you can have those systems in your life of accountability that push you, then that can be a really powerful motivator. Nice. That's so awesome. And just one final point on that too. I think back, you know, it's just like in school. You know, when you're in school, you got like an exam, you get a project that's due. You'll always find a way to get it done. You know, if you get a project that's due tomorrow and you haven't even started it, well, you're going to be up all night. You'll pull an all-nighter just to make sure you get that done because the consequences, you're going to get a bad grade, you're going to fail. You know, so having that accountability, that consequence, if you don't do this and this is going to happen, that just pushes us to always get it done. And so if you can create that in your own life and all the other areas, then you'll do really well. Yeah. Hey, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know what I often think about is like when we were in high school, there was always a competition of some kind. Yeah. And there was yeah. always something pushing us. Like we always had grades. And yeah. every single term, we'd have our, you know, our new marks. And there'd always yeah. be a, a fitness competition or, or some race or something, track and field, or we'd play ball. You know, and as people grow older, and I'm sure that a lot of the people watching right now, like, you know, they're not playing sports. Maybe they're watching their kids play sports or bringing them to sport. But what I think happens as well is as we get older, we lose that winning spirit that we had and, and all the qualities that, we, that drove us to yeah. want to win you know, in, in sport or in school or something like that too. But I think we're created to be winners. We're created as champions. We're created with that desire. And we want to actually and, and beat ourselves, beat our personal best yeah. and, you know, continue that. So great points, man. Yeah, I mean, you always got to be raising your standards. You know, you always have to be improving yourself. You've always got to have a vision for something more. 
you know, uh, an ultimate vision in your life that you can be moving towards. And it means something, you know, it's a good thing that well, what will get you through today is a promising enough tomorrow. And so if you have a goals that inspire you, that motivate you, if you know what your why, the reasons are, you put yourself in that situation where it's a must for you, then, uh, then in my opinion, that's, it, it just, it just brings out a side of ourselves that is resourceful, committed, and it's just a really incredible thing if you can tap into that. And it works for me. I'm, I'm, I'm an achiever. I love goals and setting them, and I probably always will, you know. Um, and I've also lived a life where I just had no goals, and I just did nothing all day, and, you know, just sat and watched movies and stuff. And I found that when we need challenges. We need something to look forward to. We need a compelling future. We need uh, things that can push us to become better and better each day. That's right, man. That's it. So I'm doing a survey as well. And uh, my survey is for every single guest that I have on this show uh, at, at Abundance Coaching TV. I ask them one theme question. And I'm really excited to release some results as to what the, what people really are. And, and what I will do is, uh, is make a, a video with different responses that people come up with with this one question. Yeah. You ready for it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you ready? Okay, so it's simple. Stefan, what are you looking for in life? <sighs> Just be happy. Is that it? Yeah. Do you want more? <laughs> you want to expand? You can. <laughs> yeah, what am I looking for in life? And yeah, just to be happy and to, to really live my purpose each day, being the best that I can be. You know, I want to be an example for others of what's possible. And, um, Everything that I've learned, everything that I grow, every way that I improve myself is an opportunity for me to share that with others and inspire others in some way and make a difference. And I feel that's that's my purpose. And when I'm living that purpose to be the best I can be and sharing that with others, that's when I feel the happiest. That's when I feel um, the most fulfilled in my life. And I feel really pulled towards doing that each day. You know, it doesn't take any willpower for me or any discipline. It's just a pull. It's like an addiction that I have, you know, so... Definitely just the happiness and just living my purpose each day to be the best that I can be and giving that each day is, is uh, my mission. That's awesome, man. Very cool. So tell me this. Some people might think that you know happiness is kind of like one of the intangibles in life, right? You know, so how do you make it tangible or is it not tangible? Well, I think that happiness is an emotion just like anything else. You know, it's a, an emotional state that we experience. And we all have beliefs about what has to happen for us to be happy. Some people believe they've got to make a lot of money. They've got to, you know, find the perfect partner. They've got to be 6% body fat. And they have all these rules of what has to happen for them to be happy. And once I shifted that to believing, it, it, to, to shifting my rules to something that's more easily attainable for myself, then I started to experience that happiness a lot more. So I don't make it very difficult for myself to experience that happiness like I used to. I used to believe that I have to achieve to be happy, right. whereas now I more happily achieve in my life, and my rules are more so, hey, you know, if I can feel happy just if I just focus on all, that, all the good that's in my life, or I feel happy when I'm pursuing my mission and my purpose each day, or I feel happy when I just focus on what I'm grateful for. You know, so I think changing those beliefs that you have about happiness, because most of society just conditions us to believe that in order to be happy, you've got to have certain things in your life or materialistic things or all this sort of stuff. And we kind of delude ourselves that way as well. 
you know, when we're younger, we think, hey, you know, when I get my driver's license and that's going to be it, that's going to make me happy. And then you get that and you think, hey, you know, when I graduate from high school, for me, I remember when I thought I'd graduate from high school, I was like, oh my God, like I'll be so happy once I graduate. You know, and then after that, you realize you're not happy and you think, hey, when I get a, a good job, when I go to university, then I'm going to be happy. And then you realize that's not it. And you think, hey, when I find the right uh, partner in my life, and that's going to make me happy. And you realize it doesn't. So you think, hey, if I have a kid and I build a family, that maybe that's going to make me happy, right? And so we condition ourselves that way. And happiness is, uh, in my opinion, it's just a state that we can experience right now. You know, and it's just reconditioning yourself to focus on the good in your life, being grateful for what you have, and changing those rules, changing the beliefs that you have about that. You know, um, and for me, you know, I believe happiness is a little bit different than fulfillment because I think happiness is like a state of mind. It's like pleasure in the body, whereas fulfillment really only comes when you're growing and you're giving. And the more that you grow and improve yourself, that's that just makes you happy. It just fulfills us as human beings. And when you give and you get outside of yourself, I think that's when even more fulfillment comes because our spiritual level of consciousness just goes up and we're less focused on ourselves and we're more focused on others. That's right. So that's just my beliefs about it and it works for me. It's awesome, man. And just, you know, as a resource for the audience too and for you too, um, I actually, this question of happiness just is so big. Um, I created a game almost all entirely around that that idea of happiness, AbundanceLifeWheel.com. And one of the categories is happiness. And what I consistently see, Stefan, is that you know people rate happiness in correlation to finances oftentimes. I don't know if you 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 would you know you would notice that. But um, you know the life wheel is basically just the main components of your life, and you've seen life wheels, but it's just a, a, yeah. a game process to make your life wheel so you can see it in front of you. And it's interesting how people make their their feelings of happiness, you know, are associated in when I have conversations with different things like finances or where the career is. And they think that, you know, if I have more finances, I'll be more happy. You know, so, and, and it actually works in a different way. Uh, I actually threw happiness in there because I wanted to have that as a measurement, but really it's the other things that, that can help overflow into happiness and, and help you with happiness, you know, like fun adventure and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. And if you look at this, I mean, there's so many people out there that have everything. They have all the money, the fame, success, but they're miserable. You know, and they have a rehab and they're on drugs and look at all the celebrities out there. But there's also people, if you travel, you know, you go to other cultures in the world, they have nothing and they're so fulfilled. They're so grateful. They're so alive, you know. Um, So I don't believe it's anything um, materialistic that's going to make you happy. I believe it just starts from the inside. You know, it's your beliefs. It's your state of mind. Money can buy you um, freedom. Money can buy you choices. You know, with money, maybe you could travel and that can make you happy or money could give more, contribute more. So I look at money more as a vehicle for me to, um, it's not going to directly make me happy, but it can also provide more abundance in other areas of my life. You know, I can maybe take care of my family or I can take care of people that I love and care about or I can maybe improve myself more, grow more, and it can feed more into my mission and purpose, which could help make me happier. You know, so in some ways, maybe, yeah, like money can buy you certain things that can amplify your state of happiness, but I don't think it's required. You know, I think that anybody can be happy no matter where you are right now in your life, and it's changing that belief system that you have about it. That's it. Awesome, man. So cool. Hey, so uh, I think that somebody else could take this video interview and make a book about it. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a, the content is that rich. Yeah, absolutely. They could turn into a book and you could sell it for people. And actually, uh, Dean Jackson, he has a, a book and a, a podcast called the 90, the 90 Minute Book. And it's exactly this. And he has a book demonstrating it where they just do an interview, they transcribe it, and they turn it into a book. So there's a lot of great ways that you can um, put your information, get your content out there. And for me, I, I, I see a book, this interview, a blog, a course, a product. It's just a way for us to get it. It's a vehicle for us to share what we know, what we've learned. And uh, just by putting a book out there, I think it can actually help people and serve people and add value to people no matter how long it is or whatever it is. You know, as long as it adds value and it's useful, then that's, that's what people care about the most. That's it. Awesome. Cool. So how can people find out about you? How can people work with you? And let us know. Yeah, so check out my blog, Project Life Mastery. It's uh, www.projectlifemastery.com. You can find out a lot about me there. You can see my blog posts, sign up for my newsletter. Um, I do offer coaching through that as well. Um, I've got different Kindle books you can check out if you want to learn more about that. And I've also got a, a course called Kindle Money Mastery, and that's www.kmoneymastery.com. You can find out about that on my blog also. So if you want to get started making money online and uh, want help there, then I'm happy to help you there too. Awesome. Cool. So projectlifemastery.com and K? Kmoneymastery.com. Kmoneymastery.com. Awesome. Hey, Stefan, it's been a brilliant time here having you on our show. You've really enlightened and opened the doors here with how to make money and how to really just uh, be a full person and, and just to, you know, you're demonstrating how you are living with passion and living your purpose as well. So, hey, man, it's been great having you on the show. And for you in the audience, thanks for coming. Thanks for watching Abundance Coaching TV, which is Abundance Coaching TV is life coaching TV that makes a difference. Once again, I'm Scott at Live with Passion and Have Abundance in Life. Thanks for listening to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. Make sure to visit the blog at www.projectlifemastery.com for more videos, podcasts, and articles that can help you take your life to the next level. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.